Hello, and welcome to Theory Talk, a philosophy podcast and critical thinking jam session. Your hosts are Taylor Adkins and Joseph Weissman. That's that's me. Um, we are independent scholars in the humanities and co-founders of the theory weblog Fractal Ontology. That's at ontology.io. Um, so f- for the first time here, we're sneakily presenting material drawn from two different sessions. Um, and the earliest is around a month ago. Uh, so this, this episode is a bit longer than usual, almost two hours of discussion to dig into. Um, so as always, Theory Talk is brought to you by its patrons. Uh, go to patreon.com slash theory talk, one word. Um, and uh, yeah, throw some money our way. And uh, yeah, please, in, please enjoy the show. And this is though then the, the, the block precedes the re-territorialized blockage, right? There's, there's a difference between a blockage of becoming and a blocking, a block of becoming. One is, one is reactionary, one is, the blockage mm. is reactionary, the, the, the block is potentially revolutionary, is, is deterritorializing at the very least. Make me wonder how to like, I put this deterritorialization and psychoanalysis into superposition with like deconstruction. I don't know. This is something I've always mm-hmm. been curious about. Is like it would, or at least it would be interesting as like a problem statement for like a writing project or something to like try to analyze the 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 lineaments, like the lur, the the er axioms of right. signification that are laid down in like early anti Oedipus and like the inscription of the sign and marking the sign on the body and these kind of things. They even mention Derrida in passing in this yes. part of the work, but it's like about cannibalism and Levi Strauss, and it's like not directly... It would be it would be interesting to put these, in, and maybe this is part of Laurel's project, or a secret key onto it, is this idea that like, oh, we're alternating between or trying to put into superposition these two kind of universally recognized gestures of philosophical thinking today. What everyone knows is, is decoding according to, de- to deterritorialization, or close reading, according to kind of an experimental deconstruction, um, and how to how to kind of put the the graphism would maybe be the the one of the central central kind of simplexes here, right? Like around what's the what's the shape of this anthropoid configuration of cognition or something that gets this black hole of consciousness that gets re recursed, re like played out again at a different structural level. It it's the this this formal game, I don't know. This thing of like, what what is being modeled doesn't resemble the model. It's at play in everything structuralism touches, from DNA and the genome, which is like, you know, held in this t- secret sanctum inside of every cell, and every living thing speaks this language, but it doesn't itself resemble the stru- You know, it's six orders of operations of like protein folding and different scales interacting in this complicated, like, effectively chaotic way, right? This is incredibly difficult to model. It will take us a long time to reverse engineer the science of life, right? Um, although I'm sure we'll, we've already started messing, <laughs> messing with it despite our ignorance, right? Um, not, not that we should be, like, so humble before the temple of life that we're, like, scared to do anything to change our, change the shape of an organism or, you know, change how it its capabilities, its powers in the world. It seems like we 
should think about how to optimize and maximize right you know if not happiness right <laughs> like some so, something like you know growth potential or something you know whatever well I, you bring up a good point about this question of species and to get back to like blocks and, and blockages the species would be the repression of the 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 flow the mutative flow of genetics right that is forever thrust into this drift is, is I think the it's one of the words the that, that gets thrown around a lot well, it's a ran- in, because it's a random walk it's random mutation yeah, it's random but the species, transcription errors the species is, right? a, is a blocking of this drift it wards it off it represses it in order to uh, fulfill its goal of differentiating based on a type of taxonomic classification for which which is is just a it's a part of the encyclopedia, and it 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 might make us believe or trick us, bewitch us into thinking that there is something non arbitrary about totally species, trans- something transcendent. Whereas about, it's transient, right? Yeah. It's not transcendent. It's transient. Species are artificial, accidental crystallizations, yes, right? Right. That are, and you have to right. switch your perspective again. It's, again, this formal thing that structuralists are doing right it's like the species are way stations and it's life in the genetic code and variation as such it's it's really this it's pure variation lines of pure variation that are playing out at a phylogenetic right. level right like similar to the pure variances that are wor- at work in the phylogenesis of thought and like the ontogenesis of philosophy if we want to go there and again i think this is Roughly what Larwell's preparing us for, which is like, mm-hmm. how you know, what are the minimal set of axioms we need to construct a theory of philosophy, um, which is not, you know, which can be said in the same voice, said in the same genre as a scientific axiom. Right. I don't know. At some level, it doesn't seem like more than this about like how do we c- cut off all these presuppositions that philosophy always wants to, that always seem to attend to, that follow in its wake and have all these sociological side effects of, of insulating philosophy and making its, its discourse a blockage, right? Like a blockage of mo- potential movements of thought and active lines of differentiation that, that could be used to change or heal like a species in different ways, right? Like philosophy well, has this potential, you know, I don't know. I would agree with that. It would just, I would, I would come back to emphasizing what I was trying to say at the beginning where the, there's a play on words uh, that that Deleuze and Guattari bring up in the tour to minor literature when they when they 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 seem to use in in the same little diagram about the uh, I won't get into it but it's it's playing on this this question of memory versus blocks of becoming and yeah. the blocks I think I would say that is the the positive af- rather but 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 the, but um, so I wouldn't use the word blockage as you just did because I think that's that's the repressive part. That's that species are blockages, not blocks of becoming. Right? They're blockages of being, if you will. That that is that that is um, expedient for knowledge for um, concepts. And this I think gets to what Simon Don wants to say that ontogenesis goes beneath and beyond concepts and principles, which while necessary for our kind of classificatory regimes, it, it, it succumbs to the hylomorphic schema when it 
seizes upon these, uh, you know, these these isolated moments, right? It's an it's an isolated snapshot of um, the salient features of a of a species, and really, it, it all comes down to what what are the differences that matter in order to cut off lines between species in the great tree of being. Uh, it, 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 it has to ignore the rhizome because that that eludes the concept. That's something um, I think Simon Don wants to say can't be articulated via concepts, right? It's the ontogenetic that perhaps forces us to undergo the genesis of the concept itself in order to get down to a, to a certain level where we can see that going on. I think for Laura Well now, he to mirror that in terms of, as you said, crafting a theory of philosophy such that it could be articulated in a genre that could be at least adjacent to scientific, it could emulate certain properties of science in its generic aspects. The He's seeking this on the quantum level, right? He's kind of saying on the quantum level, I mean, you used the word superposition earlier, on the level of the complementarity of the wave and the corpuscle, when we stick to either in biology a, a, a species classification or on philosophy when no, 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 that's, a, that's super good. a transcendent yeah. level, we're on this level of corpuscles and we miss totally. the wave and we miss that continuity that and there's quantum a aspect. There's a symmetrical error in the other direction too. I think this is one sure. of the, the funny things about the double articulation, right? Is that it always it always is a double bind, right? It, like it does it does catch you. You have to you have to take both options at once, right? Like there's the in, in the in the end, you have to you have to find or invent some way of closing the loop, mm -hmm. um, even even if you know it's always going to get looped in behind you again, right? Like the, I don't know. There's something about this battle at the heart of philosophy, like this conflict with having the loop closed on you, right? Like so. Right. Nietzsche has some very beautiful lines about trying to talk about. I don't know what what I read is like the transdifferentiation of philosophy in the future, right? Like into into multiple discourses at various distances to science and so on, right? Like, and a, and a disciplinarity, a fusion of disciplines. I mean, he talks about, like, joyous wisdom, but more specifically, he talks about sort of that that part of a philosopher's dream is to be overcome by by the, right. the luminosity of other thought in the to come, that, like, you're a stepping stone in this way, Yes. right? That you're... I mean, it makes me think about Wittgenstein a little bit, you know, both that you can burn, you can burn the bridge beneath you once you've crossed it, um, but that you, you can get up to a higher level by, like, taking these steps yeah. that, that afterwards you, you have to dispense with for various reasons. There's something I want to come back to, but to st stick on the, you bringing up Nietzsche, it's very important. As you said, when he says man is the rope between ape and overman, man is supposed to be a the human, as we might say, is yeah. supposed to be not undertake a blockage to remain human, even if that we might attain the perfect in, in what we conceive as a human. The overman has to overflow any idea um, that we may have in its own perfection, but it, it implies that the human is not a blockage. It's not something to maintain. So when we 
You know, it's it's something that's a component of passage. You know, how to make the human, how to make the, uh, how to make man, how to make one's own life even a a, a link in that great chain in, in terms of a component of passage, rather than cutting off movement. And uh, he he decries the same thing as you know he sees this he, when it, when he discusses the races so much, and he's always kind of saying there needs to be more miscegenation of the races or thought, thought can ensconce itself. It needs to be able to dance, to be able to fly, to be able to take light uh, leaps, need to have that flexibility. I mean, he's seeing that, he'll, he'll see that in, in, in terms of values, valuation, in mm-hmm. terms of the species, in terms of thought. There has to be... Um, in terms of the cosmos, passage. too. It makes, yes. it makes me think about Arist- right. Aristotle, about like how... What, you know, one key component of a philosophical or rational frame of mind, at least what differentiates it from common sense, is is this ability to like entertain the notion without like undergoing it intensively and like having to believe it, but being being able to play lightly around it. Right. Um, it, it almost seems close to non-philosophy in a certain way, right? Like to to chart this path, um, like smoothly between the two things, so that you're not bound by either. I, I, I don't know. Like there's yes. a there's a uh, there's some subtlety with 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 this quantum model, right? Because it's like it's not just a photon, it's not just a light wave, right? Like both theories are accurate insofar as they go, but each one is incomplete insofar as it doesn't include the other, right? And it's it's entirely symmetrical. So I I, I, I don't know. The tr- the transcendental doesn't get us out of it. It's it's almost it's it's a good it's a paradox for the transcendental use of reason in a certain way. Right. The quantum the quantum presents classical reason with this very fundamental set of problems in like modeling the world, modeling the real, right? Like Right. Uh, you know, you brought it back to non-philosophy and you mentioned earlier about you mentioned anti-Oedipus, you mentioned uh, deconstruction and you wanted to sort of elicit a comparison between non-philosophy's earliest programmatic, although he doesn't want to call it a program, its earliest instantiations of, of acting specifically on text, on philosophical text. I mean, for deconstruction, it's, 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 uh, Derrida undertakes, one of the things he does is undertake the, the kind of assumptions we make about the opposite between speech and writing and how writing since Plato, at least, is known as the dead letter, right? It's where the performance of the saying goes to to die and to become sedimented in, in a uh, in a concrete, established pa- pattern that 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 represses play, that wards it off. The play of the signifier, the play of the jouissance of the text, if you will. I mean, and Derrida and, and, unpacks and invite, that and, and invites and, it on another level. Transcription errors are responsible for like. Interesting things in human right. writing, but Derrida, well. Derrida sees that this is just part of our history of this binary, um, this history of metaphysics, and writing has as much play, if not more. And so, deconstruction itself is not the deconstruction text is not an end in itself. It is a part of an ongoing drift, uh, is a part of the hinge of the play, the shifting of. Um, what might seem to be binary readings into, you know, um, sort of multiplicity, polyvocal language, 
it's just that philosophy, when it comes down to it in terms of its decisionality, we could say, hey, uh, Nietzsche is standardly read this way, specifically, especially in an academic setting, but maybe even for the everyday man. But, you know, there is another, you know, there's always this move to say, well, there's another reading of this philosopher or, or you know, there's another way that the tradition can be oriented. And I think for Laura Well, that's, that's problematic. It's, it's problematic because it, it, it then doesn't come down to the... Um, it's, it turns the play of text into the orientation of fidelities to school, to certain schools, to certain um, groups of how to interpret. And I think for Laura, well, it doesn't matter what Nietzsche's texts can be in, interpreted to. They, that's that's to continue to be to practice philosophy. How do we get beyond the mean, the question of what right. does this text mean? And and, and on towards it like. Activating it as a machine in a different, in a certain experimental fashion, according to various heuristics. To if if I think it's for Laura Well, the question of what a text means has to be divorced from the the question of how it then gets subsumed into the history of philosophy. Yeah, how can that question be isolated and turned into a a scientific criterion that says that no matter what the meaning, the interpretation of uh, the text, that doesn't get us outside of the realm of the economy of philosophical, uh, of the philosophical domain. To, to get to the non-philosophical, to suspend that question of how a philosopher should be interpreted in the in the context of thought in general, how do we? How do we? What follows from that injunction? From the suspension, or is it that it's, there's no it's, longer a philosophical notion of consequence and or of implication? And it's that when it comes down to the texts themselves and what is said about the texts. Um, that to, to turn the question of what the, the text's own will to power, as he calls it, the text's own huh. libidinal, um, he wouldn't use the word ecstasy, but its own libidinal dynamics, to turn it into a question of what the text means is to already implicate it in a game where it can be reduced or should be reduced just to, um, to, to meanings that really are about isolating um, decisional articulations. It's, so how do we get outside of, if, if we ask a different question than just wh how, a, how a philosopher can be read, how their, their elucidations of the transcendentals and of being in life and et cetera, how can their description of values to existence Etc. How can we get beyond just reading, uh, reading them, and to allow for them to be submitted to a process where it's then about their rearticulation, and the rearticulation inscribes in the rewriting their own. 
lifting of the suspension of being locked into, you know, as he'll say, um, you know, articulating a vision of the real that makes that vision fall back on the language and our ability to use language. Right. That's, that's, the, that's the thing. That's why it's, it's almost paradoxical to talk about it in this way, and it, and it seems weird to talk about it in this way, but it's the fact that, well, like he says with non-philosophy, even when we perform non-philosophy to a text, that next text has to be, in order to affirm its, its will to power, its, its, uh, its textuality, as he'll say, in a, in a different way, in order to, in order to give, uh, to, be, to be faithful to acknowledging its, its own libidinal dynamicity, um, that rewriting of non-philosophy has to also constantly, at least potentially constantly, be submitted to uh, rewriting to be submitted back to the strictures in order for us not to just fall into um, these in order in order to not to fall into how um, I mean for Larwell it's it's how do we keep non philosophies rewriting from just then becoming philosophical terms the terms ends in themselves they're not ends in themselves they're just means right they're just a means of inscribing the all thoughts are equal as for the real how to inscribe that into philosophy itself is is a is a while you know doing it in the right way such that we can serve and we don't violate in our rewriting this the navigating of being able to rewrite according to axioms according to principles these texts without just riffing on them, without just plagiarizing them. Because it's no, not a plagiarism. No, I mean, so the way I'm, I'm taking some of it, or like what you're making me think about is like uh, radical imminence and like how some of this is about, you know, making a, a, a thought form that's, that can be equal to human freedom, right? And uh, I, I don't know. I, don't know. Um, I was kind of thinking about the... I don't know. I mean, even Deleuze talks about this, the way philosophy forms a block, right? Um, or a blockage, right? Like in its, in its best case, philosophers are dealing with conceptual blocks and of, of, of mutable right. intensities and, and, and so on, right? But for, for at least the history of philosophy, maybe, I think is this, this, to bring some specificity to it, I think this is where he talks about, because this is where we see the anthropomorphic modulation of a universal wave. Right, and it's it's easy to mistake it for a series of points of light. <laughs> right, right. When if when if there's a there's a deformatted continuum, like so the, I don't know, ontogenesis of, of thought, right? That like precedes and exceeds the human, right? Right. Um, but that's that's nevertheless, I don't know. I think about again the beginning of any Oedipus, the humans, because we have these black holes of consciousness. That's like. You know, itself entangled with with this black hole of signification and and the world, and that that we can be in touch with, and uh, you know, attract and combine and manipulate all the all the intensive flows of the universe. I don't know. I guess that's that's the thing I I would I would want to try to return some of some of this thinking to is like 
materiality, materialism, the, the material yep. of thought, right? Like how, yes. how in fact neurology, you know, just by sort of showing how memories are encoded, you know, kind of has, has, has at least opened the door to some dissolution of ancient philosophical conundrums about mind and body, given that we can see the material encoding right. of mental processes. And it at least opens the door onto a more naturalistic, you know, rational, empirical, material psychiatry, psychology, right? Like one that's in its, you know, in a, not caught up with, I don't know, that, that cares more about people, I guess, and, their, and the specific things they're going through. Um, I wonder if maybe Laurel and Freud, non-psychoanalysis, like what is the... I mean, in insofar as there's like specific practices, right? I think yeah. I think it would be, you know, since the I think with Larwell, the the problem of non philosophy begins with the development and differentiation of language, rather than simply with the first writings of philosophy. It's inscribing it, it it would have its analytic practical effects for the subject if they could remember that in the in the, uh, the 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 play of signification the play of language in order to represent and exceeding its own limits represent the real as though it were presenting it as though the language were the veil of maya and its lifting at the same time for the subject that acknowledgement and the ability to, to practice it uh, to cultivate practices of it has effects that elucidates throws light on uh, the way that man's essence is exploited in language just unreflexively just um as as a consequence of our usage of it we language but our own because we're in it uh, we bewitch ourselves and we are born in a and raised in a, in a bewitchment and we practice this uh, this ensorcelment that language has in order to constitute this medium of thought of, of our thought is materially they talk about the material it's the material of existence it's it's we have to we and so i i would just say all of this down that and 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 thus language also has ways of slowing down and, and accreting into forms that mm. need to that that if we remain if we if we step outside of the domain of philosophy i mean like with heidegger heidegger at the end especially was fascinated with retrieving the presence the aletheia the unveiling of the truth of the ancient greek words and there's a fetishism going on there but it's it's a fetishism that that is about finding the archi word the archilogos the underarching the undergirding um which is a standard linguistic unit that can be valorized, yeah. that can be really with the desire of thought that, that wants to invest into these basic building blocks, but they're actually, they mm -hmm. actually impede because it's a, 
the type of fetishization, it's the type of ritualization, and Laura wants to be able to mm -hmm. say, go on, keep ritualizing, that's what we do mm -hmm. as humans, that's philosophy, but be able to submit that ritualization, that, um, you know, that ensconcement, that, that, that accretion of language to rigorous, rigorous practices that show how our thinking, our questioning of human existence and, and describing it or labeling it or trying to name it doesn't affect that essence or existence. That's, that's the, he's, he says, you know, uh, he has the question, who am I, who am, as he says. It almost reminds me of the, um, you know, I am that I am that God says, right? Um, but Larva says, who am I who am? And he says, I'm, you know, I'm neither this question nor this answer. I'm not this reasoning. And yet we, we do this instinctively. As a species, as, as individuals, we ask the question of our existence, our being in the world. We ask after our thronedness um, to take up the high but, but this talk. is but you're saying this is kind of a, a, a demonstration even a, a reductio of the fact that we're not the same as these things yes and I think point. that that has analytic aspects that even the the talking cure works it, it, it language is this motor in the machine of the values that are the very materials the stuff of repressions of psychic formations they form the underlying elements of of our dreams and our aspirations they are what we use we language is the concretization of those values and desires and aspirations but we have to be able to dissociate that they're different from the language that they currently take or the potentials for that language to be not just the way in which they are formed to be totally. otherwise, but the very practice of making otherwise to be more open, uh, I think that's the analytic, that's the practical analytic effects. That's the Freudian aspect of it, you know, in, in non-philosophy. So for, for language, you're making me think about language as like an apparatus of capture. And mm -hmm. there's this way, there's this way, this is something we talk about a lot, is like just the, the sort of total cognitive value of language as a work right like both in its diversity right like enormous amount of the cultural wealth of the planet is tied up in this diversity of different languages and they're different ways of kind of photographing the universe right and then i mean of course like i, I don't know I, I think maybe like all those partial photographs the different words and constructions kind of constitute they get drawn together into a portfolio called philosophy which attempts to assert order you know upon, upon this chaos of of an essentially accidental accretion of language mm -hmm. right this is this is i mm -hmm. think kind of the reduct you know the or the circle the absurd circle the vicious one that i think philosophy to some degree insofar as it catches Figures like Nietzsche, Heidegger, and and Derrida, if you like, right? Like sort of attuned so much to close reading and the meanings of words. There is this sort of easy mistake about like the, again, like the the co-determination of language and being. I know this is a like a key theme in Laruel. Yes, yes. Um, it's to when we close read like that, which is very important. It's very important for. Uh, you know, Derrida has taught us that, I think, if anything, to 
be better close readers and to be able to adjust our vision and our myopia. And I just think for Laura Well, he wants to turn that aspect of deconstruction, that not to be stuck in one uh, perspective in that sense, to, to be able to axiomatize and, and make regular this um, putting in the question of our of our perspective. And I think that that's the same thing with the reading process. You know, for, for Laura Well, it's you know, for him, it was it began as reading Deleuze and Derrida differently and synthesizing them in a way that they either can harmonize or their discordance can be turned into a learning affair. Uh, for Laura Well, this this is actually a practicing of the fetishization of the text that history of philosophy performs naturally. That's what it is. It both performs it and it in the end uh, is constituted by that performance. of ontogenesis would make it possible to pluralize logic with a valid foundation of plurality. As for the axiomatization of the knowledge of pre-individual being, it cannot be contained in a preliminary logic for no norm or system detached from its content can be defined. And here, this is the part that is important. Only the individuation of thought by being completed can accompany the individuation of beings other than thought. We therefore cannot have an immediate knowledge or a mediated knowledge of individuation, but we can have a knowledge that is an operation parallel to the operation known. We cannot know individuation in the ordinary sense of the term. We can only individuate, be individuated, and individuate within ourselves. This apprehension is therefore in the margin of knowledge, probably speaking, an analogy between two operations, an analogy that is a certain mode of communication. The individuation of the real, exterior to the subject, is grasped by the subject due to the, and due to the analogical individuation of knowledge in the subject. But it is through the individuation of knowledge and not through knowledge alone that the individuation of non-subject beings is grasped. Beings can be known through the knowledge of the subject, but the individuation of beings can only be grasped through the individuation of the subject's knowledge. So that's, the, that's to move beyond deduction and induction in terms of of deducing and inducing so-called rapports between beings you know concept and um, the individuated being we have to move to what he wants to call transduction, which, which is this active analogical mode of communication between two operations. That, uh, that sounds like what's going on in uh, Thousand Plateaus. Okay. Um, not, not just double articulation, but in, in, in general, that seems to be part, part of their strategy, sort of saying that, like, you know, look, things are double articulated, but it doesn't mean that they have to be at war. 
Um, and we need modes of thinking that are capable of navigating both, not simply rejecting one out of hand. I, I don't know. I'll, right. I'm, I'm fuzzing it down, so I'm not. No, it's not. I'm not sure. But that's with any specificity. But it, and I'm not. I'm not sure that's even necessarily a good way to frame what struck me as related. But it's it's what I've got. But yeah, it's 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 interesting that he 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 wants to articulate this notion of the possibility of logic being pluralized. Yeah. That logic, insofar as it accords with an ontology, with with the hylomorphic or archetypal schema of being and beings as having the principles of their individuation within themselves, you know, he, he calls that into question, right? That's precisely what they lack. They lack their own principle of individuation because they are correlated to... Um, to concepts that are meant, you know, and this is what he's calling knowledge, right? Knowledge is is correlated with being, right? Thought and being, knowledge and being have this correlation, but the individuation of knowledge has to analogically become parallel to in the individuation of beings in order for us to... Um, start to have what could be called a knowledge of individuation right we have to have a we have to understand the individuation of knowledge or link up the individuation of beings with the individuation okay. of knowledge no, that, that moves us beyond just the simple realm of knowledge that's actually it actually subtends it and it unpack that what is an individuated knowledge an indi well the an individuated knowledge is is almost redundant right it would be if we stuck on the level of the of individuated knowledge insofar as it's individuated then we're just talking about knowledge right we're, we we would have to um but is it not knowledge of an idiolect ultimately rather than something that's transindividual i don't know that this is what i or at least i'm curious about is like is the individual individuation of knowledges i mean that that strikes me as possibly talking about the phylogenesis of like art, science, and philosophy, the way that like cognitively and biologically mm -hmm. the perfect percept right. and the affect and the concept were teased apart from each other and right. formed different faculties with like scolia, you know, scholar, like discipline, disciplinary tr tracks, courses, ways, right. trades, even if you, will. I guess, I guess I, what I was trying to say was that a theory of, the individuated being is not a theory of the individuation of beings. The theory of individuated knowledge is not a theory of the individuation of knowledges of knowledge. It one is on the the we could say the corpuscular uh, layer on the on that level. It's on a level of articulated beings, but beneath that is an understanding of how individuated beings have undergone a process of individuation, right? So um, it's, it, I think that's why Deleuze with Rouillet, they, he turns to the egg. Um, it, the dynamicity of the egg is totally opposed to any individuated uh, being of the species. Even if there's a phylogenetic mirroring in the ontogenesis of the the egg and its formation and its and its plasticity, it 
it only it's it's a much more dynamic aspect uh, than simply looking at what the egg becomes as an adult. Uh, it's the same way with the individuation of knowledge. We're We're, we're, we're not focusing on structures, we're focusing on operations. I think that's, 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 the, that's the key to like, for, for Simon Doan, the hylomorphic schema focuses on structures and takes structures as bearing the seeds of, their, of, of, of describing their individuation within them, but it actually wards it off, it actually blocks it off, it actually it, it obscures it. There's an obscure zone, he calls it a, a Literally an obscure zone. I've translated it. It's a, it's a dark zone. There's a dark zone of knowledge that the hylomorphic schema leaves out. And I think it's, you know, when we look at the technical being, we're talking, he wants to say that, um, you know, looking at the brick in its individuated form alongside many other bricks, um, using that as insofar as it's a structure to describe the being of the brick leaves out its uh di the, the dynamic potential informing aspect of its of how it came to be such that it is a brick right it it it, it leaves that in the dark and so what it does is it the, leaves the, out the modulation the process of production Yes. Well, and that's a Marxist. That's a Marxist way to, to put it. Specifically, you could have it at, also in a Marxist way, and I think that that links up to it. And yes, but it's but it's, but on the other side of its production in, in the technical sense, um, and he says it recapitulates the uh, the hylomorphic schema in its way of thought is is actually kind of a cultural prejudice of values that. Um, that see uh, the gulf between the master and the slave as a binary relationship. No, right? this, this makes you think matter and form, master and slave, the active and the passive. Yeah. Um, and I think that it's, and I'll just in here and let you uh, respond. It's for Simon Don. It's the prejudice in the ancient world also coincided with the ignorance or the lack of acutely understanding metastable systems that to have a theory of the individuation of the brick in terms of the theory of its modulation the modulation of technical objects is to account for metastability in a way that it can be rendered scientific it can uh, it wouldn't just be a metaphor and so the articulation of stable systems in terms of the, the background for knowledge is, is, is an earlier evolutionary stage of science even. And really with the, the 19th century that we begin to have this explosion of sciences that allow us to use physics and mathematics to articulate univocally purely these aspects of physical reality and to you know to be able to explain them 
Um, that's what was required to start to get to, I think, this this understanding of metastability, this information as an active principle, as the motor of individuation. So, uh, I mean, again, I'm, I'm sort of like curious about, and again, possibly this historical process, right, of, I mean, it's, it's ontogenesis of thinking, right? Like it's teasing a part of, you know, affect, percept, concept mm -hmm. to the point where they can be differentiated as disciplines and turned into trades. And I, I, I guess I'm curious about this operation of exchange that sort of each one represents, like each faculty is like, and, and philosophy as, as a whole, and maybe knowledge even in general as a whole is playing this game of, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll trade you w words for, for food, right? Like I'll, I'll, right. I'll Sayer makes a lot of this, right? Like that this boundary edge between the two systems, right? Like between being and, and speech, right? Like, and sort of forming a, a, a conduit as this parasite, right? Who can manufacture speech on demand of the required type and length <laughs> appropriate for a given situation, right? And I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I just wonder about this. Like, there's a there's a set of cultural norms that 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 influence the the individuation of a given type of knowledge, right? Like, but, but there's also anthropomorphic formatting overlaid onto it, and a sort of you know sort of cognitive, you know, like historical species legacy, right? Um, I, 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 I mean, I guess maybe one way to frame some of this question would be that there was, it, it, I mean, again, there's almost a, a Genesis kind of question, like there has to be Adam and Eve at some point who like, who, who maybe not who came up with language full blown, but for whom the minimal cognitive loop was sufficient and, and their milieu was receptive and so on, right? Like, and similarly, there had to be someone pregnant enough with their own internal individuation of knowledges to begin to lay the bricks of this mm -hmm. differentiation of, of discourses and disciplines. Um, and I mean, I think we can identify in maybe along Nietzschean lines, right? Like these, these cultures, these times where, you know, a given sort of confusion of, of languages and ideas and cultures was in play and opened the, the space and the play of, of these signifying waves and enable them to be modulated in such a way that they could be transdifferentiated, that they could, they could learn from each other, that they could he heal things that were broken in each other's world systems, you know? Um, I, 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 I don't know. I mean, it, it strikes me that there's, that it, may, it makes me hopeful when I think about knowledge this way as like always caught up in these processes of, of social and cultural and individual and physical individuation and, and and differentiation right like that there's that there's the the hope that we can learn from each other and all all heal together just owing owing to our plasticity i mean i guess the flip side of that is malibu kind of forces us to see is that there's also the possibility of degeneration and decay distortion setting in and i don't know this is where i think we need a, a at least a, something of a schizological frame where we can sort of 
you know, see and articulate these, it's, and it's not just double, it's like in different strata along which different sectors of reality are carefully kept formatted distinctly from each other so, so that they can form abstract machines and productive diagrams. And I mean, it, it all feeds into one universe that makes sense. It wouldn't work, you know, formally without this kind of structural game of all the, all the types and tokens lining up at their different layers of abstraction and reality have it coming with a certain format that again an alien wouldn't understand and that we would need to bring in all these explanatory like kind of diagrams in order to to begin to have this I don't know this is where I think about Laura Well where it's like how would you begin to talk about philosophy with with you know something truly alien like and, and maybe we don't have to look it's kind of a strange thought, but trying to explain philosophy to a dolphin or something. Well, this is this is where I would jump in. That I would say, uh, on the one hand, this this question gets articulated by Carl Sagan in contact with mathematics as the the means that's used as a as a universal language for the aliens reaching out to us and providing us with this instruction manual. To it's interesting from a Simodonian perspective, it almost seems. The other way, the mathematics is in fact one of the most culturally inflected kind of normic. But but in, but in its essence, mathematics. And see, this is where I think Badu wants to step in and say, "Well, I can teach the aliens philosophy, or I can." But it, but it would. But, I don't. I don't. Believe but think about that. think about how um, before or outside of teaching aliens. A national language. There's non-humans. I no, mean, no, right? but uh, non-humans. A national language, a right. language that that is intra-worldly in terms of its uh, it's it's a way in which mathematics can serve as this medium of in the in the very Caesarian sense, right? Of its uh, of its arbitrariness being. Uh, being manufactured in a way that it's it's appropriately signifying um, procedures that aren't relevant to signification, right? It's it's a question of the signification of say set theory and how set theory can be used to model and describe. But, but I guess the here's, events, here's right? where the, the dark Wouldn't zone. That be... What about the dark zone, right? Like how how the how much zone. of set theory is actually sure? You know, like hu- human local wiring, okay. and like there could be an alien topology of the surface of sense, where there's a, just a different set of conceptions from first principles. I don't know, and, but again, at that point, it's like, do we even have any hope of actually communicating anything? Is there such an insuperable gulf? I, I, gulf I guess the thing is, set theoretical expressions don't have sense in themselves, right? They can be used to as as tools for manipulating um, ways of representing situations that may have sense and describing the formulation right, can, of articulating can, sense concerning the situation, the way in which the situation is uh, in its sort of immeasurable distance from the state of the situation due to the play of events, due to the play of the putting into question of piercing, as Lacan says, a hole in knowledge via truth. I mean, this is this is what I mean, that that it doesn't have to, that it can form, um, just as an example of a way in which alien 
you said as you said they may have a different topology no no, no. Different, and, and whatever but there there could be a way of exchanging um views between alien non-human intelligences and human intelligence that that that, that forego the need for making one-to-one re- sure, sure, making sure. translations between I, I native my, languages because my point is this set theory is a formalism Right? Yes. Like, you, in order to talk about, say, the natural numbers, right? This is the example Badu loves, is because you can encode them directly as set theoretical notions. You can build this apparently mm-hmm. intelligible series from a purely formal manipulation of, of set theoretical notation. In other words, you're presuming this leap. Yeah. In other words, we have to both have the idea of natural numbers to accept that the church encoding of them as set right. theoretic, you know, or, or some encoding of them as a set theoretical notion. I don't, I don't know. They're like, because it, it's both the concept and the the thing that maps to the concept. I don't know. Like, if you don't have either of those, where do you? I, I really think there's a very fundamental thing that math is not maybe as universal as. As we th- and it's funny, you've led me to it by your Simonian stuff today. Right. Like, it's in fact this notion of the individuation of knowledge that has right. to be incredibly certain. Now, that, that's, that, now like, that's, that's the trick. I think that's where Simonian would agree with you, that set theory allows for us to already agree that knowledges between human and non-human intelligences can, be, can, can take place on the same ground within the same logic, as Leotard might say, within the same different that there could be a different, and if not, would there be a meta different through mathematics? How would mathematics set theory move from a regime of the communication of concepts of knowledge, and could it be um, made transductive um, as describing the individuation of knowledge? Could would that be where we would need to go? You know, this is my point. Is it's at least a new branch of mathematics. You need Zeno mathematics to do it with sure. A, to do sure inter and and maybe this is the thing. You would need an interlingua of some kind. You actually sure. that like has some of our sh- sh- to, you know sense topology, some of some of their sure. topology right. of the sensible, and at least forces us to begin to cross articulate until we're able. And I I don't know. Obviously, this is a fictional scenario, but like there are in principle, like creatures on our planet with IQs that could be in the, you know, like the range potentially necessary to like do some kind of deeper communication than we're currently doing. I think of, I mean, dolphins are the obvious one because um, they like name their children and they, they, they have a whole, like they already have a language. In right. theory, we could build some kind of interlanguage that like lets us communicate. I, I think that, that, um, but I, I, I don't think you could explain it. It comes down philosophy. to, it, it, I think to me, it, it, it comes down to the question could math, would mathematics not be sort of the most abstract and cold way of how we as humans ourselves learn languages? And it seems the most removed from the way that we ourselves learn languages. Yeah. Uh, go, per, emerging from the, the infant stage, from the speechless stage, to this stage where we. Uh, grow up around it and assume it in such a way that learning it and doing it coincide and so in that sense it would require in my mind it would require for a lot of association in 
social. I, I mean, I literally mean association. Just the the socializing aspect of with aliens needs to be probably the medium through which languages are learned. And so, going through mathematics, it's just that mathematics can be um, kind of a stand-in, as it. I, I feel like math, either in the set theoretical I, or sure, it I, can it can be a way to uh, distant to, to to like how about this? It's a way of reducing the kind of noise that would be trans that would be transmitted in uh, the medium of the translation of human to alien and vice versa. Our affects. There's a way that mathematics can be a corrective, can be a Sure. I mean, mathematics is a, con- this, a constant. It's it's a super concise de- right. declarative, you know, sort of formalism, right? Like that is fine once you know what it encodes, mm-hmm. and once you're at agreement about what it's coding for. I, I guess maybe the idea is like very simple mathematical things are so close to what they seem to encode right. that we can that we can communicate. I just think about like, what are we going to talk? To dolphins about, and it's it's not going to be differential equations, right? Like sure. it's, it's it's. But it's, I would I would suggest that we have a relationship, or dolphins have relationships with humans that we we, who knows how long they have had them, but just think about the fact that they they can and do have uh, relationships that involve a, at least an effective emotional yeah. bond in terms of intelligence, and. I think of the movie Arrival. You saw this, right? And it's interesting how the thought experiment is we can see them and see their manner of immediately signifying, of, of, of articulating thoughts that are more open-ended than ours in a certain way. But it's, there's always the veil. There's always the pane of glass. Right. right. The, that's the interesting thought experiment is, is you don't get to associate, as I said, with the aliens, right? You don't get to actually... Um, and our and our and our, our our collective unconscious projections of alien uh, encounters are usually abductions. So there's this violent kind of um, you know human ex machina or not human ex human ex mundus. We're taken out of this world and put in a situation where we, you know, usually it's you know with the probing we are scientific. We're guinea pigs or we're you know. Uh, really bacteria in a petri dish to be experimented with and uh, but that that kind of I think that kind of uh, that's that has to do more with our own imagination if we imagine an actual situation where we might try to uh, communicate with with aliens and they weren't just going to wipe us out which would preclude the need to communicate right or in uh, Douglas Adams sense of the Hitchhiker's Guide where you know they've already lobbied the, they've already legislated the destruction of Earth, and it was our fault for not, you know, traveling to the nearest. Uh, right. The absurdity, the either the absurd end or the violent end. If there were actually going to be, and you know, maybe the, instead of a violent end, they want to impose a dictatorship. How would they communicate their their dictum, or just you know, in order to more like the Romans assimilate us into some kind of or colonize us, right? Yeah. That, that you know, you can keep your own native languages, but here's the alien language that you need to learn. That'd be an interesting thing. Um, There's an interesting Star Trek episode, Next Generation, I think, where Picard goes to a planet, and uh, and it's the the language of the natives is untranslatable. Is the the rumor about it? And I'll just I'll leave it there. Maybe you haven't seen the episode. No, I don't so, think so. Uh, uh, anyway, uh, that's uh, really good.
this freak maybe yeah. right His whole, uh, I think, his innovation obviously resides on the, the, the central concept of, of how he formulates events, what events are. And so when he is able to sketch that out with the ethics, it's to say, okay, so what, who, if we, if we, if we suggest that events are related intrinsically to subjects, that they are uh, part of the same process of fidelity, who is... Who is the event for, right? So it's not, and the ethics is important here because it, it does outline why certain more fascistic uh, retrograde appropriations of events are, and also, uh, you know, uh, there's a kind of, there's a, for example, the, he says that, um, you know, following his mathematical theories, the event by essence is not full. It doesn't have a full body, as Deleuze and Guattari might say. Mm. It, doesn't, it doesn't have an identity that's, like for example, the the event of the, the blood and the Volk, right? There's, this isn't a, it, it, if it is full, then it's not an event. And in fact, it is a kind of re-territorialization. So there is a, there's an interesting, the, the, the Nazi fascistic event will not have, taken place it would not have been an event in Badu's terminology it's interesting it's a because it's almost linking it formally to uh, mutation and errors in transcription um, flawed duplication almost bringing it back in a certain way to the same bio-reproductive logic that that ultimately undergirds these notions of kind of genomic equivalence, you know, kind of groups, you know, being being these bands or sets that have to dissect the human community, which, I mean, which again, it's this funny thing about genetics. You can sort of model it, and it's very it's very clear that there's way more variation, sort of with the the skin tone is very shallow, and sort of has to do with yes. like immediate adaptation to very recent climate sort of conditions, right? Like. And, and sure, some, some groups of people have been in places for a really long time and so have sort of like reached the limit of those processes, right? Like, and so you got a huge range of, of color variation, but like there's, there's way more genetic, I, I don't know, like va value and power within, within each group than there, I don't know, like the, the, the surface level differences are like such a small part of life, right? Like they're like, it's, it's not even iceberg, if that makes sense, right? Like. Which is, which is a fascinating thing. Maybe this is a connection to Simondon and sort of, I don't know, this connection between genetics and the generic maybe is something something possibly to think about, right? Like this, the structure of a genre. But I'm thinking of kind of the hylomorphic schematization of the biological, of the, of the full body, right? In this way in which you, you could reduce the structure of the organism to, to a set of unfoldings from a pure kind of... Deleuze and Guattari have this like almost insane example of like unfolding a cuttlefish into a different. This is in a thousand plateaus somewhere. Right. Sort of, again talking about the sort of 
the, the chaos of the hylomorphic zoo, of the un unfolding of different structures from, from one another using, you know, kind of ISO, you know, kind of structure-preserving transformations, yes. you know, but up, up to involutions, that Deleuze likes the word invagination here, yeah. um, to talk about sort of like the, 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 the development of, a, of, a, of an orifice, of an organ for opening onto the outside, for penetrating, being penetrated by sensations. And you, and you can think of each of the organs as like a place where the skin has made itself complicated, has, per, has perplicated itself even, right? Like, and, and become something that allows passage, a, a, beco a becoming of, of suddenly opening on, onto the outside. I don't know, sorry, I'm just now thinking about, about the, this fluid substance of life, right? Of which like specific individuals, like individuated things are like, are very tiny momentary figures and forms and like in any kind of, you know, actually so let's step back from the elephant and kind of take a look at, at, at kind of evolution. Um, it's a it's a it's a fluid mass of potentialities trying to rigorously and ruthlessly optimize themselves over every scale, and it is a abstract machine pandemonium and chaos. And, and in fact, all of the horrors of industrialization have played out at the molecular level. There were, you know, catastrophes where the atmosphere was poisoned for 99% of the life, but yet these were important evolutionary steps to allow new kinds of complexity and resistance on behalf of life to develop so that it can more effectively explore and dominate space in new ways, develop its capacities. You can tell a, long, a story on a long enough timeline to make even the darkest thing sound all right, right? And, and, but that's not very reassuring, I guess, to people in their individual, except I guess insofar as it helps them attain a kind of stoicism and almost a, a null philosophy of, of kind of contemporary physicists who are just like, we could care less about the metaphysics because it's it's way over our heads at this point anyway. We barely understand what these equations are talking about in any sort of real, you know, at least it's become very difficult to map these jargons back to things that aren't just fairy tales and stories um, that are so so far removed from the underlying, you know, truly mathematical models of, of, the, of the physical, even if physicists in turn are a little, you know, like, treat mathematics a little differently than pure pure mathematicians and have a different sort of use of it if that makes sense right right um, I mean the physicist has to adapt mathematics to the the exigencies of what we might call physical reality um, and the the theme of the generic, uh, or, well, I, what you were describing in the last part is a question of an order of magnitude of time, right? Because it is the darkest timeline, as you said, can be... <laughs> right. Well, it depends on the, the, the sort of order of magnitude we focus on, right? I mean, yeah. If we, if we focus on a single instant rather than the, the span of conceivable historical time, there's a obviously a different emphasis place and uh, I think this is this is that interesting aspect of a central articulation of, of Badu's thought is that death is not an, not an event right that insofar as events sort of were impossible or as he says illegal uh in terms of the state of the situation and 
events show what would what will have been true in this uh it's always this future perspective the future interior uh as it while death is not an event it it, it is possible for it to constitute an eventual site and i think this is this is what he kind of goes in with his book on paul on saint paul and the question of uh, Christianity as as fidelity to the event of of a, of a new universalism. Um, it's the the death of Christ in itself is not the event; it's the eventual site, and that's what makes possible the Paul's fidelity to uh, you know in turn to the possibility mm-hmm. of salvation. Right. It's still a it's still a double deferment in a in a in a traditional double dealing theological shape, right? I think Badu oh, sure. would admit, right? But well that, that's that's part of the fun of his little book on Paul is he prefaces it with, you know I'm quite the atheist, but right, right. suspending yeah. uh, suspending the, the any judgment on the question of of immortality afterlife, the you know, as Nietzsche critiques the the hypothesis of a finite immortal soul and why that has to be this sort of logical stopping point right he even puts forward maybe playfully that materialistic aspect of sort of uh multiple finite souls and um but the so the question of, of temporality say in uh and, and Badu's understanding of events. There's a there's a there's a couple of um, he describes it as one of the types of events that is prohibited is the dogmatic event where um, it's it's this question of the event installs a new state of the situation where all sets belong to it sort of rich sort of after the fact and uh then there's, there's and he like, said you're saying this is like logically foreclosed like the rules of the system yes. system of his the rules of his eventual algebra forbid these constructions yes because of their axioms their structure is in, inconsistent logically right it's inconsistent logically and on the political level it ha- it, it can have its examples um, just like the I said earlier about the full event the full event would be kind of the fascistic event as though there's a there's an event for a for a, a select few uh, there's a yeah con- conservative revolution right like there's yes. a there's a concise way to say it's sure it's important that we don't forget D&G remind us about this like you do have to say it the short way sometimes and not and not let it remain super vacuous like there right. is a very specific set of historical formations and I guess something about I think there's a question of the timing of the event is the thing you made me think about whether you're raising the maybe the bigger question of the the philosophical implications about temporality which I would love you to unpack I feel like I didn't I feel like I didn't see it exactly but um and and it's the value of theory talk we can always we can always listen back um but the time but the timing of the event and like maybe this is metapolitics right like about when is the right time 
you know, to sort of to to deploy certain arguments, right? I think this is a way of capturing a Nietzschean way of knowing yourself in terms of knowing your fors and your againsts, but also knowing the the structures by which those arguments operate and what the effect they have on you and the likely effect they will have on others. And sometimes your weakest argument is your strongest move, right? Um, in terms of the, the space you're in, in terms of the, the context in which you're situated, the structure of the problem in front of you. Mm-hmm. Sometimes a weak, a weak move can be made to be stronger through cunning and cleverness, right? Which is, in these, these modes of creative intelligence like cunning, they're, they're too easily conflated with like certain, certain negative, but pri- privated modes of, of reason and thinking. I mean, it's, it's not reason. It's not a No, that's, way that's of particularly re- it. Right, yeah. Yeah, the, the cunning is... It's not always... Or well, we, we should say reason or intelligence is not always differentiated as much as it should be. And sometimes is... Um, I think this might be, you know, as we talked about a few weeks ago, the the question of of Metis and why that. Seemed... Yeah, we actually never captured any of that, but uh, that's true. But so we... that was a that's a that's a lost. There's some lost theory talk conversations out there, y'all. That that may that may resurface and like in future generations may re- archaeologically be able to re- recover these. Right, and and so it's one example of of being overshadowed. Um, by a more seemingly homogeneous concept of intelligence, that it's 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 not a it's not a, it's not a unity in the sense in which we think of it. A lot of times, intelligence just gets inflated with perhaps book learning, education, which again is a it's not the same thing. So, in in some sense, we need we need we need to either more words or be clearer with our words. And so, it is it is good to point out that cunning in many ways is not in 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 the D&D setup it's it's more similar to to wisdom than to intelligence right as a as a heroic attribute yes right. as a part of your so so look the, the really I'm trying to get at like is again the metapolitics of the the timing of of the event oh, yes. right and 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 look, and maybe this is part of it that you that in Godot fashion, right? Like you can't you can't just wait on the event because you'll wait forever. The logic of the event is that you have to attempt. This is Zizek's point about you have to attempt all these premature but ultimately preparatory, mm-hmm. structurally necessary, like failed attempts right. at at solving the problem that that puts you in a different position than that through that shift of having tried and failed. You, you can approach the problem with a different a different the, the, spirit, right? The, the like, French have a good word, and it's it's the word attend, and they use it to mean both to wait and to expect, but also it's it's a more active sense than we have. I mean, you're you're literally attending to something. You're you're or is, 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 is this the title of the play? Attending on Godot, or is it? I actually don't know. That's it might not be. Okay. It might be. It might not be. That's something we can, we can look up. Um, no, no big deal. Sorry. Well, you know what's funny about Beckett, right? Is he wrote his plays in. What did he write them in French first or English first? But he translated them himself. Right. I mean, he was an immigre. Um, so. 
Beckett, I mean. Um, but he a lot so of Beckett. a lot of his works he he wrote in I think in English first and then rewrote them in in French. Uh, unless my unless 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 my my. Um, yeah, en attendant Godot. That's yeah. what it's called. So in attendance. Yes. So it, it, attending to it's it's it has the, the Heideggerian ring of a tune of a tuning, but it's right. You know, but this is a, this yeah. is a, this is a classical dictum of like, you know, self construction, and it, it's the idea of like, don't you know, pro- providence is about making the conditions right for it to strike, right, mm-hmm. and for optimizing. You know, for non people not intervening and helping you, and setting up a, a stable, a meta stable, something that can cope with disasters and reconfigure itself in different ways, not exactly the same necessarily, but can at least reconstruct something, right? And right. having a having a form of life that's amenable to dis- disruption and dislocation, and there's a, there's a lot of like, you know, build builds try to build stability for yourself, and the, and this is. This is conservative wisdom, which is which is like entrench yourself, build a fortress, right, and ca- capture your wealth inside of a lockbox and hide it from everyone. And uh, when they try to come and get it, hire police to defend the lockbox. And like that's that's their image of society. It's very simple in a certain way, right? Like that all the spiritual value and treasure is over here on my side, and we've got to defend it. And it starts with me. I'm the really valuable one. And then there's my family, who are my dependents directly. There's my countrymen, you know, who are like me, or I can identify with them, or so we have this mystical connection, maybe question. Also, mark. an economic connection. We have an economic connection, uh, they, they, and they they could they're competitors on the labor market, and maybe that's a glorious just struggle somehow rationalized. It, it becomes easy to rationalize the deprivation of capital when you kind of link morality and poverty, right? Um, and this is sort of I think the way in which it blends in to kind of the uglier shades of. I don't, I don't know, like, you know, I mean, anti-Semitism is just the surface, and honestly, that shows you some of the, the shape and ultimate structure of these kind of, you know, proto-fascist kind of, uh, I don't know, like, you can say reckless speech. This is what, um, uh, I don't know if you saw uh, Chappelle's latest things on Netflix, right? But he, he's sort of kind of putting his earlier remarks about transgenders into context and kind of trying trying to explain that it's it's it strikes him as white privilege in a lot of cases right mm-hmm. that people don't care about black people's feelings in this in a country where he doesn't spell it out but where they're they're getting shot every day and where they've been enslaved for blah blah, blah. He, he actually does spell out some of the structural stuff He's oh sure a very sharp person and like and 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 has it has a, a consciousness that's infused with with a um you know a kind of in in, in awareness of the power structures uh, you know, and he, I don't know, he was, he's, he was sort of trying to talk a little sense about, you know, <laughs> he, was, he was kind of wondering, like, has, has Louis been punished enough? And he's like, I don't know. Like, it was, the punishment was so bad, right? And he actually, he was sort of like, some of the people, he was attacking some of the, the accusers of, not attacking, he was, he was just remarking that they might have had brittle spirits if, if what Louis did was sufficient for them to, to be, you know, shunned from comedy forever. Well, but it's... it's, 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 it's it, no, sorry, it's a little sharp when I just retell it flat, but it's in, the, it's in, it's in a bigger, and, you know, it's, it wasn't maybe as cruel. As it I'm, wasn't necessarily that they, they were shunned, that they, it, 
you know, it, it turned them away from something that had been one of their... And I know that, that the argument can be made that uh, if it were really their desire or whatever, but... No, no, no. He wasn't making that... His, his bigger point was actually he was talking about... I mean, to be we, a comedian. Could, it turned oh, them off of being sure. comedians. That was one of the... At least the one that I read about, that was the... Yeah, he was saying, you may, you know, may I suggest that you may not have really had a dream yes, if, that's, if this is what it took... That could be argued. If that's, this is what it took to deter you. And he's saying that, well, we need a structural change, right? That this, this punishment of individuals is... Well, he's saying that we need truth and reconciliation. People need to be open about what they did and what sure, happened yes, so, so that course. we can move on. And he said we're going to have to deal with imperfect allies in the struggle, and that's that's definitely some good real talk. I'm just I trying think. to say that, but, that I could see from her point of view that being a she perhaps had obviously this Louis was perhaps one of, you know you're not supposed to meet your heroes, so there was something no that'll to fuck that. you up yeah. Uh, so there is something traumatic to <laughs> right. to that event that that I can see why that would constitute. Um, oh yeah, it's not necessarily an impediment. Now it's a question of of. Her, of a reorientation. Yeah, of yeah. Desire. Why would I want to do this thing yes. where this power that, that structure? Me. Yeah, right. So it's. I don't think we can armchair. I'm not saying that's what you're doing. I'm just saying I can't put my position, put myself into her position. No, no, no. Nor, nor can I. Yeah, yeah. And not everyone would have would have reacted in the same way. Um, and some would have continued to be comedians or tried to be, but I can see how it, it would be a, a, a somewhat traumatic event that would sort of cause for a reorientation of... And that's how I, I think that's an interesting way to talk about trauma. And, the, and in an Freudian sense, trauma forms the, the backdrop of the crystallization of our unconscious and... And so there's a Maybe, sense in which uh, there there yeah. are necessary traumas, but that that predate even our memory, if you will. Um. So like, trauma is unforgettable because of like pain and or a shock response. Um, or an so investment of energy and a, and a deinvestment as well. What's, is there an opposite of trauma? Like, a, what's a high a high tonality of spirit in a you know? Depends it, on what kind of. It's interesting. Depends on if we talk about the sublime, the unforgettable for this reason. Mm -hmm. The because Freud wants to make a show a bridge between psychic and physical traumas. Right? He'll say that the that the wounded soldier uh, there's so much energy being connected toward the wound that they're they're more impervious to the what we would call today post-traumatic stress disorder Freud thinks that uh, so it's a question of the physical wound actually helps prevent psychical wounds in terms of having something for the body to focus its energies on now whether or not this is true this is Freud kind of takes this anecdote as as a truism and this is in I think um I think this is in the Beyond the Pleasure Principle where he kind of does this. So, in that sense, that would be the. It's what Strachey calls cathexis and anti-cathexis. That these are the two forces one could say are involved in in trauma: the investment and deinvestment of the libido. And um, you know, trauma ultimately calls for a, not just a rewiring of that of, of, of the investment and deinvestment but um, 
you know, one of the functions of the unconscious is to bind energies. And it's these unbound energies, almost like free radicals that, that have harmful potential and that have potential to sort of to disrupt and mar indelibly the, the libido and its functioning. To, to get it to, you know, compulsively engage in types of repetition and behavior. There, you got to be careful. There's, uh, there's cancerous bodies without organs, too. Right. Sewn up, decalcified. Can- cancerous. This is, I mean, this is the thing I think that I hear moderates talking about when they hear the, the racial talk on the, on the right today. And honestly, from, from, from parts of the left, too. I mean, this is the thing. It's like, <laughs> you, you know, I, I don't know. There's, it, it's... Well, race has always been a, a core central issue to American life. That's yeah, part yeah. of the fabric. Unlike other countries in in their, we, we think of developed countries today, and yes, Europe is having some of these belated issues due to immigration, and that has, but it has, that has its own flavor. It's obviously similar to the type of nationalism it's, it's we have here. It's a stupid po- but, but, potent issue but here, but too. America, we started as immigrants. Um, You'd think people would remember that, but like, there's this the implicit, there's this definitely this very implicit logic of like, the more recently settled you are, the less American you are, which is like, look, it's it's binary. Either you have citizenship or you don't. There's no half citizens, right? There's people with, I guess, different different kinds of legal like status, right? Like, but citizenship is citizenship. Sure. And this, there's, a, I don't know, there's a whole lot of. of but isn't that? But that's that's the cancerous body of of white nationalism and identity is precisely because citizenship is 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 a making equal it's right hypothetically and white privilege in fact or it should be no no right. but in yeah. principle in yes. principle it yes. is and so democracy in, involves well nietzsche even said it right it involves a leveling of differences yeah it's very so powerful making equal there that, needs that way. to be a territoriality yeah. outside of citizenship um, and alongside it, to prop up the um, one's difference, and so one's sameness here, right? Like it's 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 funny in this case because whiteness is the is the backdrop, and 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 it's difficult to study for its own sake for that reason because it's never foregrounded. It's always it's always backgrounded by the logic of exclusion, right? right? Like whether it's the Muslim Exclusion Act or the Mexican Exclusion Act, and in every case you can almost disambiguate and say, "Well, look, being from Haiti is not a race," you know, and it, it's they're right, you know, but it's it's a clear, you know, in the larger context, it's a clearly fucking racist remark, and the mask definitely dropped here a little bit, right? And in in terms of where the the hard right racist you can you can say fascist it's you know it a lot of these things would be fascist if they were reproduced if you think the chinese exclusion act is you know that was in operation until the the 60s there's almost no asian migration by the 60s but citizenship should mean something it should be this equalization at least if we believe in democracy and democracy is important for the freedom of thought i guess would be the bigger pro-humanities argument i think that's lurking again in the background here that's almost hard to draw out and make positive and constructive 
because it's so often and so positively functions as critique. This right. is one of the things I think I've tried to challenge myself to do is like, how do we, how do we build something? You know, how do we make thought produce something? Even if it's just by slapping a recording machine on, on, onto a, an existing live wire connection that's already running. I mean, this is, uh, you know, one of the texts I teach is, uh, I have taught a few times is the great Gatsby. Right. And there's, there's a part of, part of the dynamics we're talking about are involved uh, in in the Gatsby, in Gatsby is this this question of you know the expansionism of America and its and its original uh, Western and rootedness in the Eastern Coast and so there is an East West dichotomy that Gatsby is always going to be known from the West even if he's the richest and throws the best parties and gets the socialites of the East side of East Egg to to come and, and frequent his parties he's never you know, uh, one of them. He's always, a, you know, a part, even though he wants to either... Well, we see... we see. I won't get into the story too much, but there's the... the this, there's a similar type of... That kind of aspect um, is... Now it's... America's always... It's, it's not just... I'm an American, as you said, and that should mean something. And it does legally and in various ways it, it, may, it matters. But in the end, it can always be say, well, where are you really from? Where are you, right? where, 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 where's your where family from? You, where can you trace genealogically? Because America isn't the last stop. There's, it's always, there is always an, an, uh, an outside. Um, now, we, this is to exclude. But it's, it's not even if you can say... Plymouth Rock and the Mayflower, because, or if you can say the Northwestern. But even that traces back to, to no, 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 England. and the people that came through the Northwestern Passage, like colonized and swept out some of the That's indigenous. Right, the native, the Native Americans. There, were, there was a whole. Again, it's this goofy thing about history. There is this repetition at different scales in different time frames, and I, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, this is, you know, maybe where traditionalism has. And, you know, insofar as we can critically extract some of its value, right? Like, as as noxious as the reactionary radical traditionalists kind of are, right? Like, nevertheless, I, I was trying to make this point with Mallory. Like, there is a legitimate philosophical dialectic at the heart of all these political problems, right? The problem, one of the problems today is that the metapolitics is so warped and the, the rightist interpretations are starting to, like, the hard right... I don't know. There's this really ugly infiltration of these of these tropes and these ideas, especially when presidents kind of openly spouting racist memes all the all the time. Even you know, even if they want to play this dodging game about is he is he really racist? I don't think anybody's fooled by that. But at least it's it's a you know it's minimal guard. Sometimes it's like a defensive play. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know. I mean like. Again, I think is one of the points Zizek makes is like the, the the second you're trying to defeat fascism rhetorically, you're failing because it's it's not the sort of thing that can be met at the at the level of like sound, reasonable sure. arguments. Those those aren't you know the the virtues of the humanity, the rationalism, and the, the there's not a different for the trolling. No, 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 and, and the, the, that cross circuits. No, no, that's right. The, the troll doesn't respect the differentiality of rhetoric, right? The way in which it has to open on into a dialogical space. Of reasons where you're giving, you're right. playing a game where you're giving and taking reasons from each other, and right. that's that's how we p- produce rationality in public, and 
in, in the context of public life, it's how we produce justice with each other. And, and it's how we, in, in a way, it's how we produce love. You know, I don't know. I would, I would want to give a rationalist interpretation even here with maybe building on Nietzsche's is, isn't there isn't there some reason even in the madness of love and so on, right? Yeah, so I brought up the different, and it's this question, as you, you're pointing out, that there's not a different that would, as you say, that the rhetoric of liberalism in its open court of ideas and free speech, that, that uh, to try to participate on that level is to misunderstand and misrecognize the arena of the of the this battle. is Zizek's kind of metaphorical, and, and I think that yeah. that it's this interesting question of what is it about whiteness, white white hood, that functions as a meta narrative that is needed, and to get back to it, because the little narrative of being American isn't isn't enough to to support the kind of investment the kind of reactionary investment um that's tied to these types of micro political fascisms um, and it's not even micro right it's it, it is much more of a now it, it is this attempt to envelop in a macro sense which is what we're what we're experiencing um you know it's I just you see you got me thinking about like the the schizophrenic horror, horror show psychoscape of the the of the right and the way in which maybe at a maybe this is a schizoanalysis of it or something but the way it's a sort of a transvestite Uncle Sam that foreigners are raping and it just but it made me think that Zizek analyzes that there's like an anti-Semitic or a Semitic trope behind Uncle Sam right. Which I'm not sure I ever really totally understood, but mm. the idea that Uncle Sam is at least cryptically, at some some psychosocial level, a, a Semitic figure, um, which adds mm. a, a whole other weird. Again, I'm not I'm not sure how how clearly to take some of Zizek's oh, sure. kind of analogy, but like his his big picture gestures like are of thinking are helpful to me. Again, this thing about like tie, the timing of events is less important than just repeatedly trying, right? Like, and that you have to produce that time that thinking produces its own evental space in which it right. can occur by carefully preparing the conditions for the solution maybe the way yes like a good programmer will create a really good language in which to express in which you can express the problem really minimally right maybe just by right. declaring determining a problematic field right like an building an ambient intelligence i don't know this i think this is one of the things democracy has to rely on and why i think the attacks on the press are maybe one of the cl the clearest kind of signs that like we're moving into a different kind of discursive space right which which is that i, I it's not just about this collapse of the grand shared meta narrative of of we're all we're all american and we have to replace it with these little narratives of each different group i don't know pluralism can't mean just this like it has to also mean and i think this is the point that it means this other big narrative about we have to come together globally as a planet to to tackle our issues together as a species and i i think this this people resent that idea right the the idea that we have to that someone's telling them that they're they're that they don't understand how how important it is that that we all change our lives um to, to have to see something else or and I mean I think liberals for their part fail to realize how religious their sort of adoption of some of these principles and 
and, and again, in turn, I think this is a leftist criticism of liberals, sort of how many fascist predicates they've accepted along the way. And, and, and look, you know, it, it's going to require some pretty hard collectivization at this point to successfully mobilize and, and transform our industries in response to the, the scale of the disasters swiftly approaching. Yeah, I would say part of, you know, fascism rears its head at the moment when the, at the last hurrah of the sovereignty of the autonomy of the nation state. I think that's right. And this is part of Leotard again in the postmodern condition talking about a capital renders legitimacy and authority uh, sovereignty of the nation state in, into crisis. It it calls it calls it into question, and this is why these grand meta narratives of a kind of a fascistic unity or a or a unity based on a higher order than what the nation state can provide. The nation state is is more of a it's much more of a shell than a unifying. Um, it's a formal unity, right? It's not a, it's not a effective unity. Which I mean, is, I mean, like, America's very yeah. different than Europe here, I think, at least sure. in some ways. Right? I think but so. There's I, just there's just constitutional differences, if that makes sense. But right, and and it's 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 hard. Anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to. No, no. So so it's it's just basically that that, that these uh, types of reactionary investments become yes. much more important as the the unity, the unifying feature of the nation state becomes more and more formal. It was it was thought that America as a nation of immigrants was somehow immune to this, that its populisms, this is the thing about the historical perspective I was trying to get at you, that like in the 20th century there was, I don't know, just different perspectives on populism. I don't know, this is something that I think we're... But ha- the majority has always been white. True. I mean, even if... But we're going to see that change in a decade. I think sure. I think a lot of this is that's the harbinger. But the majority right? is still so. not. But also, don't don't forget, majority is also not just about numbers. Right? No, totally. So we uh, now white power structures will persist even though they're the minority. I think. I mean, this is what South Africa had to deal with in a way, right? Well, I mean, this is also what's being called into question today, and why you have. I I think this is, you know, the last grand sort of airing of the dirty laundry and it's it's the return of the press of, I hope of so. I, white I, power I feel in, like in, it's, in, a, in a broad sense not just KKK I, sense but like no no totally I, but I, I do worry that this is meta politics of the 21st century is this crazy warping you know we see it in one direction I mean I hope we'll see it in the other that like I mean what if you know what if we got an American accelerationist party and people actually seriously talking about you know, like like tra- transforming the industrial base and like right. doing a lot of investment in pure science and sort of doing a bunch of pure industry and and infrastructure based kind of investment um, and and really thinking differently about time and the future and and like making these first order political. I mean, this stuff really only exists on the far left at this point. People who are concerned with either the deep time of the ecosphere or the you know, quantum time of the technosphere or something. I mean, like, again, these are relatively esoteric, you know, or cosmic cosmic time of the Posadists or whatever, the, the, the weird dissident, you know, kind of pro-alien faction of the, of the communists, which is, 
I mean, look, I don't know. I mean, let let a thousand flowers bloom. We need a bunch of different kind of revolutionary interpretations and different voices. Um, but and I, I don't know. I, I think maybe this is part of it that like that that it is potentially time to start thinking about about different time scales. Maybe just to bring it back to that about temporality differently. This is why I think accelerationism is valuable because it bring it focuses our mind in a certain way on this this background feature of of reality of existence today which is the steady acceleration um, of of industrial processes and informational ones so much for listening to another fine episode of theory talk we are so happy uh you are listening and we are grateful that you enjoy the show so much that you listened all the way through uh which means you should go right now and follow and rate it and subscribe to us on itunes uh or stitcher or whatever you do um just give us the reviews uh and go to patreon.com slash theory talk and that's theory talk one word and give give us your dollars um, throw us a buck or two a month and um, yeah we would, we would really really appreciate the support so um, you can go right now to patreon.com slash theory talk uh, one word uh, to support the show um, you can follow us on twitter uh, at theory underscore talk uh, my twitter is at fractal ontology one word taylor's is at t adkins 613 uh, so feel free to, to reach out to us individually or separately, um, or, uh, uh, you know, um, you know, you can, uh, find, uh, a fractal ontology page on Facebook as well, uh, if that's more convenient for you. Um, you can reach us, uh, at all these places, uh, and you, you should, you should reach out and let us know what you did or didn't like about the show. Uh, which you'd like to see, you know, sort of in the next next year of programming for Theory Talk. Um, and, yeah, with that, thank you so much. Uh, have a great week. <laughs>